Theron got away and Ezra got home, but we're right where we need to be. I'm Luke. I'm Max. I'm Matt. And this is Force for Thought. Hello and welcome back to Force for Thought. We just finished watching Ahsoka episode 8, yes, the series finale. Cut that season finale, <laughs> clearly. Clearly. <laughs> right before we hit record, we Luke's like, about this it. is not a limited series. <laughs> All right, off the rip. What do you guys think out of 10? I gave it a 10. Let's just get through this. 10s? I don't know. It was so good, but I'm so unsatisfied because I still have so many questions. and It somehow brought up more questions than answers. I know, and I just... Uh, I feel so bad. I feel so needy, but I'm like, I want more. This is the first episode I don't think topped the the last episode. Really? No, do you see how annoying that is from last week? (laughs) (laughs) It was great. (laughs) This this episode was one of my favorites by far. I absolutely loved everything from start to finish. Let's start um, going in order as much as we can because it got off, hit the ground running really fast with the gift of shadows. We were talking a lot about what we were expecting from this episode uh morgan mm-hmm. elsbeth villain arc was not on my radar no. at all yeah nope. like i knew she was a bad guy but i never really cared about her we we talked about well next week but an episode we just <laughs> recorded uh, morgan elsbeth has a toy that i um was not going to get but it's a really cool toy so i probably am but she's not that interesting of a character until this episode but yeah. now she's one of my favorites from the episode that was so cool yeah, yeah. she served her Bru- purpose it felt like that we, she was set up and then obviously she wanted you know she heard that calling from the night sisters and she got there right that was her whole purpose and she's there and they kind of they reward her like they say and then her whole story arc is so cool this whole episode i want i do want more of her like people like balin and shin i was expecting a bit of a sort of some sort of conflict or finale with them either like battling lightsabers or wits and i did not see that from morgan and now i'm like man we, now she's gone <laughs> Yeah, I love all of the extra lore around Night Sisters. How yeah. it's like a ritual to give her the black eyes and facial markings. I want to go back and watch so many episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels now. Is that how all of the Night Sisters look? Is that how Mother Talzin looked? Did she have black eyes? I can't remember. The blade was called the Blade so, of Talzin. Yeah. I think so, yeah, but I'm trying to just recall off the top of my head. I need to look up a picture of her. Yeah, the blade was called the Blade of Talzin, which is awesome. I don't know what that actually means, though. Is that, like, Mother Talzin's actual weapon? Like, did they just summon that using dark magic? Is Mother Talzin from this galaxy? They said earlier uh-huh. in the show that um, uh, the Night Sisters or whatever, they come from Peridia. Yeah. Like, this is, like, the birthplace of them. So they somehow have gotten back to Star Wars proper and then kind of taking over, some like, a part of Dothmere. Like, yeah. which is interesting because that, that lore is just expand. I mean, that it gives so much more context to be like, well, Ezra and Thrawn did go to nowhere, right? They had no idea where they went. And yet, technically, that we they this has happened before. I haven't watched the Clone Wars arc on Dathomir in a long time, but I remember it's a beat that it's a matriarchy and the women are all night sisters and they rule mm-hmm. over the men. I wonder if the men, the Zabrax, the like Darth Maul are just n- native to Dathomir and then the night sisters came from this galaxy and like of course they would dominate them yeah. just immediately took over that's it's, but that's i mean that's crazy lore that just got kind of got like not that kind of got dropped on us that we have to now process and mm-hmm. kind of insert into every I, other, I just googled it I mean, uh, mother talzin did not have black eyes so don't know what are that they green? Means, it doesn't mean were they uh, white 
No, there were, I, there were normal looking eyes. They were give us a color, LT. Uh, I mean, she got pupils. I think they're maybe blue. They look normal. Let I don't me know. see. Let me see the picture. Yeah, let me see that picture too. Looking like the singer of Ghost, Papa. It's it's. She got normal eyes. I, don't I, know I wouldn't say it's it. normal. I wouldn't say it's normal. Everyone at home can fill this dead air by looking up a picture of Mother Tells on themselves. As you should. I'd say they're white. I think it looks white, but I also can't really tell if it's just like the contrast with the black surrounding it. I would say it's white. It's got something going on. So that was a big lore dump, and it was done in a really cool way where they didn't just talk at us. They just showed us really interesting and unique stuff that makes us think about a whole slew of other things that have already been introduced in Star Wars. That's my favorite kind of lore expansion. Then we get the title card, which... I really want to get to the Balin and Chin content, which is at the end of the episode. So I might find myself <laughs> running tuned. through all of this beginning part, but I really want to go into everything because the music at the title card was ex- exceptional again. It was. it was like just a snare drum, but it was so haunting. What Very well it? done, Kevin Kiner, on that part. What was the uh, the subtitle for it? I forget. Intense drumming or something no. like that? Ah, damn. I, I thought you wrote it down. That's why I did it. But man, yeah, it, it nailed it. Uh, on the head, and it was so... Oh, I did. Sinister drumming. Yes, there it is. Sinister drumming. Uh, oh, man, I missed a whole bunch of other notes that I had before the Gift of Shadows. Uh, <laughs> Thrawn says, I'm never going to fall uh, victim to a single Jedi again. Good learning from that lesson, Thrawn, because, I mean, he only failed twice in Rebels. Once was to a Jedi, once was to the Bendu, and that one is kind of a wash because it, no one can predict the Bendu. But yeah. you learn from your one defeat and... Ah, that's the great character beat for uh, Thrawn. There's another great line where he says something along the lines of, "I wanted, I, I watched many Imperial officers make the same assumptions about the rebellion, in ref, in you know, in reference to uh, not caring about the about Ahsoka and and Sabine and stuff, and Morgan kind of underestimating them. Yeah, and he uh, had a lot of ammunition that. that he held back too in that exchange because I thought he was <laughs> yeah. going to be like, "And now look where the Empire is without me," when yeah. everyone else <laughs> looks at the Jedi. Yeah, he played with, it pretty safe. But the entire time during this transformation, though, Thrawn is just standing by like he almost has seen this ritual before. Like, I mean, he's always very stoic and stuff, too. But I think it, just as a, a background piece, I'm just like, wow. Like, I feel like, th- like I don't know. It was creepy to see Thrawn react to something. He's, he's been hanging out with these Night Sisters for a while. I mean, I'm sure he's seen some stuff. But let's talk about one thing that we did see because we, like, audibly gasped at the exact same time. And it was that shot as soon as they were done performing that ritual where you just see those two TIE fighters leave yeah. that hangar bay. Oh, mm-hmm. man. That's the shot of, of the show, I think. It that all was eight such episodes. A cool shot. It was sweet. That, there's another shot though when uh, Ezra Force pulls the the uh, the 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 night troopers towards him and uh, and Ahsoka slices them both. Yes, yeah, thank you. I don't know cool. why I couldn't cool form a sentence, but that's in the second one. But then also the the sound of the Tie Fighters is so classic, and it kind of you know for Ahsoka being its own thing, and you know, obviously relying on Rebels and Clone Wars, but like hearing the Tie Fighters zoom past just really brings you back to just like classic Star Wars, and I feel like it was a nice little bow uh, to be like, yeah, it's still Star Wars, baby. But yeah, I loved it. I agree. The next scene we got was the lightsaber crafting for Ezra. Which we've never seen in live action, right? We've never seen in live action, and I was surprised to see it at all. Did you think he was going to craft a new lightsaber? I thought, we thought that we were going to get to see Kanan's lightsaber, which we didn't. No, we did get at? the next best thing. Yes, which they is basically did take a recreation of it. Into and consideration. And it's Hu Ying creating it still, which is so cool. He's actually there. Mm, I mean, yeah. he's not creating it, but he's there with him, you know, kind of learning. No, yeah. we. I don't think we've seen it in TJ. live action before. It was in a, a deleted scene from Return of the Jedi. Uh, there's a deleted scene where Luke is building mm-hmm. his green lightsaber in a, a cave on Tatooine, but it obviously got cut. It's a fun, is it canon or not, deleted scenes from the actual movies because 
I would argue that they are canon until they're proved not canon, and that scene was recently proved not canon in the mainline Star Wars comics. Luke Skywalker is building his green lightsaber, and it's a whole story, and it's not just him building it on Tatooine. That's an interesting position to take, because I'm pretty sure that Shock T dies like three different ways in three different deleted scenes for Revenge of the Sith. Yes, that is also true. That's that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> <laughs> we talk a lot about Revenge of the... No, we don't. We talk a lot about Return of the Jedi. You said Revenge of the Sith, right? Yeah. yeah. Shakti dies a lot in Revenge of the Sith. All right. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> so we get that lightsaber scene, which was awesome. It's blue. It is I know blue. Matt wanted it to be green. I wanted it to be yellow or something uh, more offbeat than we've seen before. We see a lot of blue and green. And he's already had a blue lightsaber. No, because so it's a homecoming. The whole episode yeah. was about Ezra coming home, and now he's going back to his roots with the original blue lightsaber. Yeah. And it also feels like he is a... he is a, Blue feels like the main character lightsaber, right? Like it, like, but I want to get away from that narrative. It does feel like the main character lightsaber, but it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But if, but for Ezra specifically, it feels, it feels correct. I always identified more with Ezra's green lightsaber than his blue one from Just Rebels Alone. You don't need to tell me about it, but I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that... Goes to give more context now to him not wanting his lightsaber back in the previous episode, which I've seen a lot of uh, funny memes about that, where Ezra says that the Force is my ally, and then picks up a blaster, yeah. and it's the Danny yeah. DeVito. So anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> <laughs> There's something else in that scene, too, is that I feel like this episode maybe semi-transformed their characters a little bit, very subtly. Ezra's beard, to me, looked significantly thicker, and his hair looked a little bit more prim and proper in comparison. Yes, that's the that's the downside of doing our format like this, of, of recording right after we watch it, because I would love to pull up the other yeah. episodes and get like a side-by-side. Same with Thrawn. You mentioned yes. that the V on his forehead looked more pronounced, and I kind of thought something similar, too. And it could totally just be the directing, right? It could have just been the, it could just be the angle, since we're like a little bit more like directly dead-eyed with him. We're not necessarily looking up at him, so it could definitely be the angles and the shadowing that we're getting in this episode, but it just felt a little different. It felt like they were like, all right, let's take a month break and come back, you know, and then mm-hmm. they filmed this episode or something, like or like multiple days or whatever. Um, it just felt a little different. Like, n- n- unnoticeable and not a complaint, just a little different. Mm-hmm. We finally learn why Ahsoka turned away Sabine when they were training yes. previously. And I gotta say, I'm on board. I support Ahsoka in that decision. I thought I was gonna be on Sabine's side, but the death of your family is tragic and serious enough that you should stop training to become a Jedi for a while. It yeah, is. You gotta take some time to focus on yourself after that. And mm-hmm. it also just leads to think that like Sabine as a character, which we kind of know already, but like could potentially fall like to the dark side and use powers for bad and maybe potentially revenge as well. And so I think, I mean, obviously that's all implied with what, with why she stopped, but like seeing that. I think also opens up a little bit more of her story to be told and a little bit more weariness next time Sabine is fully trained in the fact that if Ezra dies, if Ahsoka dies, she can still fall into that trap. And so I think it's laying the ground for, obviously, wherever we're going to see these characters next, it lays the ground for us to be a little bit more weary, I think, of her. Yes, and especially the very next beat where the TIE fighter comes and attacks them and Sabine gets in the ship and we were joking when we were watching like oh that she should kamikaze them yeah. and then she just does and it like takes out the ship yeah. and as Got the em. audience we were like yikes is that the right move and that's kind of what the characters wanted to say and but I like the way they wrote around it where they didn't just say yikes and Sabine came back and just shrugged and was like, got him. Yep. Like, that's the only thing that matters. It's real fighting what you hate instead of saving what you love uh, arc from Sabine here in this last yes, episode. Exactly. And I'm really excited to see where it'll go in the next season because it definitely teed it up for I know. a lot to come. And then also, just like the. I, 
you don't really have another choice in that situation. Like Sabine got them out. So you can't really, as much as that would love, you would love to have that to be a teaching lesson for Ahsoka. She can't say anything. Cause she had no better ideas. It and was, she had it, just said seconds before I'll support you no matter what. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she like, really talked herself really... into a wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know we just said that, but <laughs> that was kind of our home. Uh, we also get a little of uh, Enoch. Enoch, I keep thinking his name is not that. Enoch, yeah. Uh, his... Not that much Enoch, but that's okay because he survived. No one died in this episode, which now that it's come yeah, and other gone. Than Elsbeth. Oh, Elsbeth, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but now that it's come and gone, like we were talking, we really thought maybe Ezra or maybe Ahsoka was going to die, which looking back, it makes so much more sense to just leave them in this galaxy. You yeah. get to have them make this sacrifice. I mean, they didn't sacrifice themselves. They just kind of lost. But you get to have them deal with this defeat and not be shut off from future stories. So yeah. they there really was... get to have their cake and eat it too with that beat. I don't want to go like the overarching bird's eye view perspective yet necessarily, but like uh, everything about the show is a lot different than I thought, right? We kind of wanted it tightened up in a little bit of a bow and it makes, I don't know, to, to move on a little bit and it's nothing that we kind of thought it was. It was 10 out of 10 great. We loved it. But it's so it's so odd to be like, yeah, every single thing we thought at every single corner didn't pan out. And this is not a show that wanted to be like, this is story one, and here's a nice clean bow, uh, and then start over in season two. It's like, nope, this is going to be a continuing thing where like actions have reactions, and then they're dealing with their consequences as well. You know, Sabine wanted to, we're talking about her story arc, and she's dealing with the consequences now. Like, this is something that we didn't consider last week, really. Like, we thought Ezra might die or sacrifice himself in order for Sabine and Ahsoka to get back. And instead, it's the opposite, and yet no one dies. But it's, you know, that is kind of that story arc. She is, she got Ezra, she got him home. She mm-hmm. no longer is with him, but she did her mission. I, I don't really exactly know if she did it the way she thought or the consequences. I mean, she had that opportunity to go with Ezra, get home. But I think knowing if she did that, Ahsoka would have died. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's a lot to look forward to. I can't believe that it was teed up so perfectly for a second season. And we don't know. know anything about a second season. I know. We got to get into, we got to go through this yeah, whole episode. Yeah. Cause I'm almost, uh, I'm almost more interested in the overarching thing. Cause what does this mean for everything? <laughs> Right, so next was the um, Ezra, Ahsoka, and Sabine siege on that tower to get aboard the Chimera before it t- departed. But and real we quick, get the some door. good action. The door? The door. We got to talk about the door. Luke and I both like jumped thinking that- Oh, like, the way it was shot. Yeah, yes. that was very well crafted because yes. that's such a classic trope that where they like make it through the door at the last second, but it got me. Yeah, like, I was I like, knew- oh. I'm very familiar with that beat, and yes. it, I, I fell for it. And then the Chimera firing directly just below. I don't think we've ever seen cannons like that on a starship just fire down. Yeah, it was cool to see. Uh, do we when Thrawn sieges Lethal in... Live Lethal? action! We have never <laughs> seen... <laughs> uh, the lightsaber choreography. It's been superb all season. So, I sound like a broken record talking about it now, but they... Stepped it up even more somehow. Maybe it's just quantity percent. and maintaining that same quality because there was so much. I th- I think Ahsoka's fighting a little different with her style as well. Much like Kylo Ren versus Ben Solo. And I feel like it's like Ahsoka versus Ahsoka the White. I think she's got a bit of a looser fighting style. It seemed like faster. I think yes. she also adjusts it according to who she's fighting and how they're fighting. Oh, shit. I, like, I, right. I feel yeah. like the way she fought Maroc with his double-sided blade was different than how she fought uh, Balin, which was just like really heavy-handed versus and how she fought. the one saber. 
yeah, uh, yeah versus right. how she fought uh, Morgan Elspeth, which was really cool. I really liked how Morgan Elspeth fought with that uh, blade of Talzin and how she like had her hand, like her left hand braced against the blade like yeah. for most of the fight. It was just really cool. It was a unique fighting style that obviously we haven't seen in Star Wars because you can't touch the blade typically in <laughs> Star Wars, but it was it was real cool. You're kind of blowing my mind with that too because like obviously with versus Balin, you're going to need both hands on one saber because of how powerful and strong he is. So like I know we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago but the fact that she's consistently changing that style i've never really noticed but like obviously with morgan it's very fast and very agile and i think that it's quick blows um not necessarily a lot of force you're letting the blade do the work versus uh Balin is obviously a brute just like slashing down um mm-hmm. wow that's crazy what do we think about the zombie stormtroopers i guess this was the first time we've officially seen it we really thought that this is where we were going and now that we're there, what do you guys think? Actually it's frightening. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. A lot scarier than I thought it would be. I'm I looking forward to the action figure that has a, inevitably has a button on the back that will light the eyes up green. Mm. <laughs> I want good. that so bad. I'm excited for the one that was the uh, the last one that they killed. The yep. Ezra Decapitated, where you see his jaw coming out, and he looks all deformed and scarred and zombie-like. That was awesome. It's actually freaky, and I think... We didn't get a solidified, I guess, answer of what's in the coffins, like those crates. It's a, there's a coffin. They're, they're talking about catacombs and stuff. They're bodies, right? He, he brought the knights or the great mothers with him. Yeah, he's raising some sort of army. I don't think it's army of stormtroopers anymore. I think it's going to be something more, like some sort of army of night sisters or army of yeah ancient. force users. Yeah, something. Did I say that last week too? I think I think that'd be rad. I think that'd be insane to see. It's kind of kind of like the old republic, but like the Knights of the Old Republic. But now it's like in its current form, and we're gonna see a bunch of like potentially force using. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever, whoever Balin is there to see. I don't know. Is there force using people? I mean, apparently. I mean, do those bodies? Is this like the birthplace of the Force? And like, there's like an entire Sith army there from a great yeah, war that'd be that crazy. occurred or something like that. Is this like an army of Sith users? And maybe that's why he said he's not going to uh. be bested again by the heroics of a single Jedi or something. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be rad. Yeah, because he's not going to ignore the Force anymore, like he was in Rebels. No, like, he knows that this is the ultimate yeah. power in the universe, and, and he needs to harness it to win. He's got to be very tactile in the fact that he linked up with the Night Sisters, and presumably they have to be getting something from him as well, right? And so, like, I think that like there's a reason that he's linked up with them, and obviously brings something back to life. You know, mm-hmm. man. Next, we had the uh, Chimera docking into the Eye of Scion, which we saw coming for a long time. We knew that it was going to have that purpose. Uh, I like the design of it. I kind of thought that the supports uh, securing the Chimera to the Eye of Scion were a little flimsy. Kinda, chip clip. Kind of looked like a chip clip, and I think that when you're going at faster than light speed, that it might not be the most secure. I don't know. It would look kind of hokey to see like more supports coming in from around the ring, just piercing into the chimera it would be kind of cool though um, but did anyone else have that thought that i mean that's I, the only thing we're securing ourselves to i think how if you're if you're taking consideration how massive those chip clips are <laughs> i mean a standard chip clip on a, on a on a bag of lays will do the job so i'm just gonna assume size it up weigh a couple of tons i think you're golden yeah they did properly size it up i had the thought also um it's a common star wars trope that if you Blast the controls to a door, it either opens or closes or stays open or stays closed, depending on whatever you want it to do. And that came up like four or five times in this episode. To be mm-hmm. fair, it's the same in our world, but it just always will cl- will open. It'll never shut back if you just shoot something. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, a lot of great... 
the Ahsoka. Ezra, Ahsoka, yes. and Sabine standing next to each other holding three different colored lightsabers. Yeah, well, watching the three of them fight side so, by side was satisfying. There was a lot of really good shots in there, too. Yeah, I sorry, I distracted us, but when they are fighting those night troopers and they get brought back to life, it was great. The only thing that was a little funky was, you know, just a normal story beat when, like, we're focusing on the night troopers awaken. And then Ahsoka's just like crossing around, just walking around, like, oh, look at this place. Like, just <laughs> obviously, she has to do something to not just instantly run up the 12 stairs and not be in the scene anymore. Yeah. Uh, that's the one thing that was just like, oh, that's so weird. <laughs> I, I had a similar thought where they were just like watching them all stand up, and I thought, stab, let's, stab, start, stab. let's start stabbing <laughs> yeah. them. But Sabine did shoot one of them, and yes. he just kept getting back up. And I yeah. said, all right, never mind. I stand corrected. That's not the solution. And it was running. And it was very slow, too. Like, they just kind of like started walking, and like their response to it was also slow. Like, they just like, we're shooting and like slicing them but like nothing was happening it was just yeah. it was very uncomfortable because yeah and you, the set was great i think too it felt claustrophobic and dark and scary and it feels oh, like, man, like a castle about the set design. yeah that the, yeah oh, that whole tower was excellent yep the whole that's something um nah damn we talk about the acolyte in the next in next week's episode spoiler <laughs> but it's, it's gonna say something about like any of this all this some of the same thing with andor is that just like um, Ahsoka and Andor both have these amazing sets and they really are diverse and you feel like you uh, know exactly what kind of what that would feel like or look like because we've seen it before in other, in other IP and other movies and I think it does such a great job and it man, it really just takes you there. Like in that scene, you feel claustrophobic and they're running upstairs and they're, you know, at one point we're getting, Ezra gets attacked from behind and Sabine is trying to figure out how to like get him out of that attack, which is really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, it, you know, it leads them to the Morgan uh, Elsbeth fight when Ahsoka's like, you guys go get Thrawn. I'll, I'll take her on. It's, you never want to separate, you know, <laughs> as we've learned from the show. The, the one thing that I'm still confused about, and maybe I'm just overlooking it at this point, thinking too far into it, but when Merrick died, he had that green dust of smoke that came out of him. We didn't see that with the stormtroopers, and then they were reanimated, and we're like, okay, now it's going to happen, and then it still didn't happen. So yeah. I, I don't know what that was all about. Yeah. I feel like uh, when they killed Elsbeth, I feel like she kind of had something similar like that. Well, it was weird that when, when he died, he just like basically like puffed out like a balloon, kind of. Yeah, and then like even yeah. when all the troopers died, there was no sort of sense. I think it was because we were trying to get that reveal that they're going to be reanimated, and for some reason, Merrick didn't get reanimated. Like obviously, it, it kind of feels like he can call his favor in once in a while, which is why he's like, "Oh, I need Night Sisters, I need your help," kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, they want to raise a bunch of people, and yeah, it's, I don't know. Hmm. What do we think about Sabine finally using the Force effectively? It was good. I don't care how many times they stab a trooper in the head with a saber. I like it every time. Yeah, it was very, we said it at the time, it was very Kylo Ren, the way she just turned it on right in his head. And it was also very Luke Skywalker, the way she grabbed it for the first time, like yep. um, Luke on Hoth. It's like Dave Filoni is just taking all the best parts from the Star Wars movies and melding them all together into one sequence every week. Yep, I, I agree. I wish that scene was a little bit more tense. Like if... Ezra was about to get got. If he was about to die, right? Like Sabine was about to get got. She was I know. choked out. I know, but I would almost like it if for a character beat is that she can use the force once Ezra, the reason she is well, there. That's what it was the next time when he when she force pushed him onto the chimera. I know. The next time though. <laughs> <laughs> the first time, how impactful would that have been? She went all this way. That was basically to, the same no, time. She went all this way to save Ezra, and now that she's finally there and he is the key to make her use the force. I guess that maybe might be like a whole I don't know. 
as I say that out loud, it might be too dependent on Ezra. But it's her feeling towards Ezra and her friends that's that could what, really get on there. That was the exact beat they had when she force pushed them onto the Star Destroyer. That's true. I, I t- can't believe you're saying this. And also, that was like 10 seconds later. What I had that exact same thought because it was like um, what I said in my higher public review about one of the characters, Belzettifar, mm-hmm. of learning to force jump off a cliff and not die. It's not about saving yourself. Using the force is about saving other people and protecting light. Yeah. Which is why she also got the saber. She's about to get got. Ezra's in a bad situation. But also, what a ballsy move to be like, yeah, I used the Force once. Let's do this jump that he doesn't even think he can use. And he's been having the Force for years. Mm-hmm. He's been having really, the Force for years. Really showed the means. trust they have in each other. Yes, it does. I do like that beat a lot. It, what a tense moment. I During this, it felt like a tech death moment where it's just like, we're thrown into the situation all of a sudden. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. It's like, like, as the audience, I'm just like, Let's stop and think about this for one second, guys. Like, you guys are really cool characters. I don't want you to die. Like, just give me a minute to process what's actually happening. Because it felt like, yep, we're here in the situation we've been in before with other characters. But now it's like, this might be it. Yes, I know. Because we don't know. We know 30 years in the future, or 25, I guess, the sequel trilogy era, that these characters are not around. So they're not necessarily having to be dead but they very well could be they don't have plot armor yeah they do not have plot armor but i love that jump and then i love that the fact that ezra's on there he got the troopers right it's a good moment it and is then, a good moment that was very um a good callback to ezra in rebels yes he's always doing stuff like that, exactly hiding in the troopers armor and but talking into their comms but then we get in a more intense beat when i thought it was over in the fact that ahsoka now is coming up the stairs towards sabine and Sabine now has to make this choice of she's her master, Ahsoka, is clearly being overrun. Mm-hmm. Or does she join her friend who she came all this way to look for and jump there and potentially make it? And, man, it got more tense than I thought it, it would. And the know, stakes all of a sudden go from zero to 100. And you're like, whoa, I thought we were having fun like in the basement when they're fighting the night troopers. Very fun. No one's going to die there. <laughs> all of a sudden, you're like, oh, shit, people might die now. Yeah, because I was like simultaneously playing out the next... 10 minutes of the show in my head where it's equally possible that Sabine stays behind and watches Ezra go back and protects Ahsoka and Sabine and Ezra fly away and watch Ahsoka die right there in front of them. Yep. And either option was equally likely at that one point. And it was some of the most intense moments I've ever been watching Star Wars. Yep. Uh, And yet I loved it. We finally get the trailer shot of Thrawn in the Eye of Scion. (laughs) Can't believe they waited till the... 32-minute mark in episode 8. I don't know why they would pick that one shot to show That us. had to have been the first thing that they filmed with Thrawn, and they were just like, we need something with him. The fans are going to go nuts if we don't give him something. Do you that's think that's why it. they look different, this episode? Do you think they filmed a little bit in reverse? Like, do you think that... That might be, yeah. Yeah, I'm now thinking that the I think this was directed by different. Rick Fumuyiwa. I don't know if I pronounced that right. I give you Rick. so much credit for trying. <laughs> as, as you were saying it's that name, I was like, What? <laughs> The confidence really sells it. I, I shouldn't have backed down then. That's it. Um, so, and I think he did another episode, maybe a couple. So I, I wonder if they might have like done all of his episodes like in one go or something like that. And yeah, maybe that's why it's different. Interesting. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. That could be. Um, Hu Yang finally shows up. That was one of the funnier moments in the show when he was having the Noti help him repair the ship, which I thought that was maybe ill-advised. They do not seem very technologically advanced as a people. They do not. But... I, I think it's a situation done. where any help is better this than is, none. This they sounds were like pretty I'm, immobile. This sounds like I'm complaining, but the one thing I wish that would have happened with this 
with this scene specifically. We knew that if they jumped off, they were going to get, right? Like, we mm-hmm. said it out loud. The one thing I wish is that Ahsoka knew Hu Ying was coming, but Sabine didn't, or the other way around. And if they were running and they're going to jump, I wish they were like, just trust me, right? And then that would have solidified their trust, and then they both jump and they both rise up. It would have been like a whole a hell yeah moment. But instead, it was like, yep, we knew that was going to happen. Yeah, that would have been a cool Again, beat, but I wouldn't like for Ahsoka or Sabine to have not trusted Hu Yang to show up. Because one of them would have to be in that position for the other one to say, trust me. Yeah. I like that both of them already had that trust. Uh, did you guys think that she was going to catch up and dock into the Star Destroyer when they kept saying, faster, faster? Nope. And I, no. We've I kind of thought they were. We've all been on a bike trying to chase somebody, and then they, they're they way faster than you are. There's just got no chance. And I think that was exactly the moment when you're like, there's there's not a... When, he opens up the comm link. Was like, man, what a he knows what he has and he's using it. And what a what a what a low blow. Yeah, that was the, the entire time. I thought like, okay, th- I know Thrawn is like a very confident uh, strategist, but I was like, this is way too close for comfort. Like, he should not be this calm about everything. And then yeah. when he opened up that comm channel and he started talking to them, yeah, that's the moment for me where I yeah. was like, okay, I think he won. I don't think there's anything they can do. Like, I know they're chasing him, like you said, like just like a last yeah. fleeting. Like, we gotta chase him because we just have to. But they don't have a plan. Land. They don't no. know what they're gonna do, and Thrawn knew it. Like they were about to make the jump, and he was just like, "All right, good knowing." When you. he says like, "I won today," and like when he's talking, when he leaves, he leaves. He doesn't even brag. This is, I mean, he brags he won. But the biggest thing is he leaves Ahsoka with a question. Is like, I wonder how much you are like your master. And yeah. it's like Ahsoka. I don't think it phases Ahsoka at all. But I think Thrawn is so tactile that he he wants to hurt somebody mentally he's emotionally manipulating her yes he is and he wants her to think about that forever and it's so messed up and it, it i don't think it works god thrawn is firing on all cylinders for me it was <laughs> when um they emerged from the cloud because they were chasing him through like the clouds yeah and hu yang was saying like i'm diverting all power to go faster and then it cut to the eye of scion and it was like way far away from Pridia. Like, yes well when they not sh- even close to the whale yard wh- um pergil graveyard when they showed the ship when they showed um the Eye of Scion moving. It was like, oh, that's a huge ship. And then the little baby ship. Yeah. <laughs> they I were all like, wow, that, that is shot. a difference. Oh, man. It's so good. And then when he blasts away, I'm like, that that would be a fun ride. I feel like we've all kind of experienced it um, in Smuggler's Run a little bit when you kind of lose power and stuff. But, man, that'd be cool. a fun ride. This whole show mm-hmm. would be a fun ride. There's like eight, eight different things in here that I'd like to ride. We did not get to see Thrawn desolate the New Republic fleet that was hanging outside Cetos. Like we thought we would. Yeah, he went straight to straight to Dathomir. Yeah, what a what a move. He's well. That's the thing. He doesn't want to be known yet, right? He's 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 got a mission. He's got part. This is like his second part to that mission. That I thought he, he didn't have on. a choice though. I thought the path from Cetos to Peridia was precisely that, and there was no other way to go from one galaxy to the other without going to those two planets in particular. He's got but the maybe nice the New Republican left. Maybe he did go back to Cetos and it was empty. You were just gonna wait around. Yeah, it was. It, maybe it took a while. Because it did. They were loading up the catacombs for, like, days. Yeah, exactly. And I'm pretty sure the trip there also took a significant amount of time. I think there were time jumps. And you got that. Ziono over here just trying to redirect people and resources everywhere, probably. <laughs> we finally get our Balance Goal and Shin Hati content at the very end. I assume and everyone at home enough. was just was like me that said every five minutes, like, hey, where's Balance Goal and Shin Hati? Why have we not seen them yet? And while it is disappointing we didn't get to see more, I'm very excited that we will... One day soon. Yeah. Shin Hati, leader of the Natskin Raiders. I hope they get an official name. I, Maybe the Hatties. Who knows? The Hatties. Uh, that'd be funny. I also feel like there's a chance that the story, if if Ray Stevenson was alive and Balen Skull would continue, unless they recast him, so this could, this could still happen. I, 
I have a feeling we're going to do a time jump next time and, and out of respect for him, not show Beyond Skull anymore. I don't think they'll recast him personally. Um, really? They, I don't think seems so. Like there's so much story to tell, though. That I seems impossible. Really? I yeah. think they will, too. Man, I, I don't I, know. I think they've... I think they very clearly set him up to be an important role in the future moving forward because yeah. when the, the last shot that we saw him, he was standing on a giant statue of who we believe to be the father from the Mortis arc of the Clone Wars. Uh, there was a story arc where Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan go to this planet called Mortis, and it's a very uh, ethereal kind of metaphorical planet, but uh, when they are there, they meet three figures, the father, the son, and the daughter. And the father is the, uh, he's not really technically living, but he was the embodiment of the balance of the force. His daughter was the light side of the force, and his son was the dark side of the force. And while they were there, Ahsoka technically died, but the daughter, who was the living embodiment of the light side of the force, gave her life to basically resurrect Ahsoka. And so the light died, Ahsoka lived, and we presume that the light side of the force lives within Ahsoka. And following that arc, there was an owl called Morai that followed the uh, daughter around. And we saw it following Ahsoka around after that arc. We saw uh, Morai actually um, the first time in Mandalorian. uh, Well, not the first time. Uh, The first time we saw Ahsoka in live action in Mandalorian when she was hunting down Thrawn and uh, encountering Morgan Elsbeth, uh, Morai was there. And then we notably did not see any Morai throughout this entire show until this last episode. And I think that something is going on in Peridia. It is the birthplace of the Night Sisters. Yeah. I think this is going to be some sort of birthplace of the Force. And I think Balin Skull is set to basically somehow destroy the Force. I think I think Ooh, that's cool. I think he's tired of the light and the dark and the cycle and I think that's yeah. what he's trying to do and I think that's why at the end Ahsoka says she is right where they need to be and I think it is because uh, Ahsoka is the light side of the force and she needs to keep the dark side of the force in balance and I think that's going to come into play in future seasons. It's all wild speculation, but I think they set up Balin School way too much to just not show him again or to try to get away without him physically. I think they have to recast him. My prediction is that Ahsoka Season 2 is going to be announced very shortly after this release, and they're going to start laying the groundwork to kind of let fans know ahead of yeah. time, like, we are going to recast him, please don't be upset at us, but I think they have to do it, and... I'm okay with it. I think it needs to be done. I don't think I. I everything you're, you said sounds super intriguing. I don't think they'll recast him, especially after the, to our friend Ray after the first episode. I think they'll find a clever way to work around it and use the embodiment of Balin Skull, whether it's his being is transferred into something else, whether it's um a, another person, and you know it's kind of open ended, and we have that beacon of something showing. So I think whoever there's a potentially. There could be somebody there. Again, I don't think they'll recast them. I think they'll find a creative way to be able to, you know, I, I don't think they're just going to have another, like, brute guy with white hair be Balin Skull. I don't think that would work, honestly. Even for me, I don't think it would work. I think Ray Stevenson played it too perfectly, so I think they're, I feel like they have to do a creative workaround for another actor. Yeah, I could see it going either way. I, I'm on board the recast train so we get more Balin Skull, but <laughs> I don't know. But also everything you said, Max, was stellar i don't want to take away from that that sounded great i I really like everything you said i mean one way or another whatever it is even if i'm 100 wrong i don't think obviously balen skull story is not done they need to continue that story somehow either with him or without and then we get shin hadi who presumably is gonna maybe 
rise against him or they're all it's so yeah. weird that there's like we don't see any other beings i'm sure there is but we have like these three distinct groups now in this yeah. like in this not huge area that is so interesting and also i'd like to say that from the beginning i was like oh those statues are gonna have to be at the ending and i'm pretty sure if you re-listen to episode five or six i think both of you guys are like no nah, i don't think so i think those were just set decoration those were different statues <laughs> i said the statues there's no way though that they're all not kind of related yeah, I guess they're they're gonna be related. Heed my word. Yeah, they get petrified or something. I don't know. It's a really um, cool shot though of Balin Skull standing on the the yeah, hand. Yeah, we're looking at it. Have you guys thought about the other figure up there? Because it's not the daughter or the son. I think that's gonna be the mother, yeah, which we don't know anything it. about. But she's right next to the father. Different design than the son and the father. Looking a lot like the, the Flash daughter. over here. Oh that, oh, that opens up so many possibilities. Why have we never heard of the mother? We, yeah, who knows? <laughs> it could be anything. And Do you not? I it looks like the, the daughter the, potentially is destroyed on the left, though. Without it, her I was, was kind of thinking that. Yeah, oh, does, that would it be, does kind of look like that would be it, a lot, it? a lot shorter. She's a short queen. Who knows? Yeah, she is. It would be a lot smaller, though. I don't know. Um, it's ambiguous. I, I didn't notice it on my first watch, but we went and rewind and watched that scene again, and there was a, a beacon flashing yeah. at, that the father is pointing to that Balin's looking at. I did not notice that the first time. What could that? possibly be it's got to be something it can't be like a person signaling him it's i think it's got to be a person who else is gonna unless it's a natural beacon but it just it feels like somebody's there waiting for him and also can you imagine getting to there being like this might be it and then being like man do you see how far away that is it <laughs> no, is not got, close. that's gotta be so satisfying he thinks something's over there and then he sees it flashing at him he's like oh hell yeah uh, i am right yeah. glass half full guy all whatever, right whatever <laughs> it is it was calling him and yeah i I am not satisfied with it. I I want. I, agree. I I think they set up way too much. They referenced it way too much this whole season to not get anything answered. Yeah. For, no, well, we, for sure for season two we'll definitely get something answered. I think. Yeah, but he we said needed we something for get... season one though. Yeah. Oh, I know. Either, either I know. they should have left his motives a lot more secretive all throughout the first season, or give us a little bit more tidbits at the end here. Yeah. Even if it was an extra credit scene at the end to just be yeah. like, "Oh, look, he's here," and it's whatever. Yes, I yeah, I agree. And oh, man, yeah, there's a lot. We talk, I'm interested in rewatching it as a whole now. The entire time we've loved every single episode, which is exactly what Star Wars should be. But I'm interested in seeing it as a full. Um, cause it's a piece of a puzzle and, you know, I can see this being not a mini series, but like being one of those shows like Andor, which is two distinct seasons. Like maybe Ahsoka's two to three seasons. Like it's a pretty short and concise story. Like, I think um, it will be because I'm assuming it's going to conclude with the Filoni movie. Yeah, that's true. I don't think so anymore. I was, I was going to talk about this later that it's a very difficult task to have the Mandalorian and Boba Fett and Ahsoka three different shows, which Mandalorian Boba Fett is debatable. I get, but how are you going to have these two will say different shows lead into one movie and have all these characters and have it be a concise finale to all these stories i think ahsoka season two might not even have that much thrawn in it i think that thrawn and ezra story might be contained to the movie and ahsoka season two might be contained to this galaxy entirely oh, I honestly not. i i think i do i think oh, i want no. that <laughs> that'd be so because like... i need to know more about shin and balin i need I to know more about this but i think also i honestly this is the guiding factor to the movie a boba fett and a and mando could do whatever i mean Mando's barely a constructed show. Every week is just a story of the week. So he could just show up in Boba Fett. Who cares? <laughs> like he's he's leaving a town, running a town, doing hopefully cooler shit. So hopefully they could they could both those characters could just show up with no explanation and be like, hey, we're here now. Use us. 
Yeah, that's true. I guess, I guess the... Last we saw Din Djarin, he was just basically enlisting for independent contract work with yes. the New Republic. And, so. and no offense, but like after Ahsoka, you know, Andor was our first kind of glimmer into this. Now Ahsoka, I don't... Is there any turning back? Like, if Mando Season 4 is like Mando Season 3, I don't think I'm going to be as satisfied. I will like it, and I'm not going to be a dick about it, but like, man, I just don't see turning back after you get Ahsoka when it's just like, oh, this is what this could be? It's no. like, man, everything's good in its own right. Every, Ahsoka may yes, be you're right. better, but maybe I'm, I'm being, still going to love Mandalorian. No, I agree. And maybe I'm being too harsh, too. But, man, just riding off of this train, I love theorizing with you guys. I love theorizing in general. I'm sure we'll be texting all week about it and the, really until season two comes out. But they, They've always referred to the Dave Filoni movie as the finale to the Mandoverse. But what what does that really mean? They just called I, it I the Mandoverse know. at the time say, because they yeah. didn't have another word for it. But yeah. is it just the finale to the Thrawn arc of star wars maybe is ahsoka of, of course ahsoka is going to be in it if dave filoni is making a movie i guess yes but the movie's definitely coming out before ahsoka season two Do i don't even think know so that? i don't think we know it i don't think we know anything about it i if ahsoka season two comes out before the filoni movie then the filoni movie won't come out until 2028 29 I, I could see that happening I could see that because they need room, I think, to to still I think they need room to build up, even though Mando or um, Boba Fett or whatever. I think in order to conclude that you need like one more season unless unless this is the freaking the only it is a miniseries. And then the movie is coming out in two years. And then that's the conclusion of the story. They can't conclude the Peridia part of the story. And the Thrawn part of the story, though, in the same in one movie. I I'm just saying it's an option. It's a lot of story, but because they're relatively unrelated now. Yeah. Like what Ahsoka and Sabine and Shinhati and Balan Skull are going to do in Peridia Ooh. is completely unrelated you to what think Thrawn's it's going do. to be. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe Balan Skull's looking at a portal back to the other galaxy. I mean, even then, if it, if they're affecting the light in the dark and the force is, in general, you have nothing to fight back. I mean, potentially, if just say Thrawn is using the these this potential sith army maybe whatever right i mean that's gonna ruin thrawn's plan that's gonna ruin the uh yeah. you know, ezra's plan or even if it's just even if it isn't just maybe it's the night troopers uh like we've seen before if it's that's gonna hurt ezra for sure mm-hmm. and i think that's i think it is counterbalancing it from a distance which is which is a cool kind of cool story even though they're from afar they're still vastly impacting the story the more I think about it, the more I think in Ahsoka Season 2 would focus mostly on their events in Peridia. They, I think they did set up quite enough there for us to just be there for a little bit uh, with Shin Hati, whose story arc I actually do kind of like because, like, the whole time she kind of, like, alluded to, like, military power, right? And Balin Skull kind of kept... He wasn't really annoyed, but we imagined him as being annoyed <laughs> with being like, no, Shin, that's not what we're trying to do here. Listen. And then at the end, uh, when they kind of parted ways, he was just like, go ahead, follow Thrawn, you'll get your power or whatever. And now she's at this place, she's got the those not Tusken Raider people, and it looks like she's going to be leading them or something like that. So between her and that army, Balin and everything that he's up to, I think there's more than enough on Peridia for an Ahsoka season two alone, just there. And then I think this story could probably continue in Mandalorian because I mean, we know for sure that Mandalorian season four is coming, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's no way that a Mandalorian season four can't address anything going on with this. Yeah. So I wonder if this is going to be continued in Mandalorian, and that's kind of like the how this web is interacting mm. with all these different I hope so. shows, and, and that we have would Boba Fett well. open if they do another Boba Fett season, which I don't know if they will. I don't know if anyone's clamoring for, but I think the, you have a true openness to have Boba Fett season two, or just have him weave in Mandalorian either way. 
but you have an opportunity for him because he's he left him and Fennec Shan can kind of go and do some cool stuff now with which can intertwine with the story and give us more uh, of you know a fleshed out side within Star Wars proper. Mm-hmm. Um, a few more housekeeping items. The actual end of the episode, we had Ezra and Hera reuniting. Teary eyed. Yeah, I got I w- goosebumps. I was teary eyed. I do worry what it's going to be like watching that scene with my wife when I rewatch this episode with her tomorrow. Because you're going to cry? Because I'm going to cry. And she <laughs> doesn't know Ezra, barely knows Hera. We just watched this phenomenal episode of TV with all this important stuff with all the mm-hmm. characters that we've grown to love over the last seven episodes. And. This is very much a scene for just people that watched Rebels. But if you haven't watched Rebels, yeah, like, it's uh, not, this scene falls real flat. It's not nearly as impactful, but the entire time we know how important Ezra is to Sabine, and we know that they were part of a crew, right? We kind of get hinted at that. We know Sabine and Hera are close, and so we know that Hera is putting everything on the line for Ezra, right? I mean, Ziono says that. And so we get nuggets. I agree it's not as impactful, but I think it still works. And I agree. It, it's yeah. nuggets. but And also the... Mention of Kanan, which is like yes. the, the connection between Hera and Ezra, more or less. Um, Hu Yang talks about it that Kanan was Jason's dad, and so we know that Kanan is related to Hera. And then this episode, he says that Kanan was Ezra's master. And so, if you're really paying attention, you can see that Ezra and Hera are intertwined yes. in this way, but that's still a lot to it follow is. for people that haven't seen any of Rebels, don't know who Kanan is, and just. Yep heard that guy's name once four episodes ago and now here it again <laughs> right. episode. what really got me though was when chopper knows it's ezra and chopper goes up to him and that's like oh man i know that's what got me because you know Hera, and that's gonna be emotional but the fact that he recognizes him he knows him it's just like a dog or something that when you like come home from college for the first time it's yes. like ah you know it's it's so heartwarming to see it i loved it yes as a rebels fan i did love that scene i don't want people to think i, I didn't love that scene because i no. certainly did. no i know what you're, i mean the whole show i know exactly where you're coming from the whole show i'm just like i've only talk to one person who's watched it like i said earlier um that has not seen rebels or clone wars or really a star wars fan and has been loving it so i'm interested in talking to her tomorrow to hey does any of this make sense to you now? <laughs> that's kind of wrapped think, up i think most of it will i but i'm really worried about that Hera ezra scene mm-hmm. i think that one in particular will be the most lost on people and then the last scene uh we get sabine and ahsoka staring out into the shadows in the starlight and it's Anakin Skywalker's Force Ghost uh, looking down on Ahsoka and Sabine. That was a tremendous way to show Sabine's Force sensitivity, that she can almost see Anakin, that she can sense that there's yep. something there. Yep. It's a great end to the show, very Return of the Jedi. Like I said before, Dave Filoni is just taking the best parts of the best movies and adding them into this very condensed way i agree and he gave us uh, yeah and force ghost anakin i feel like is all that the fans have been asking for like during the sequel trilogy and everything like we got force ghost uh uh luke yoda and then at the end of the rise of skywalker it was leia and luke and everyone was kind of like oh well give me anakin and i feel like yeah. this was dave floney finally being like don't worry guys i got you here he is and i'm glad they they did it so that we can show him here to be honest because i feel like it, it makes more sense here if you watch clone wars and stuff that he you know would show up for ahsoka more than ray and then i think also like Man, like, I, A, Ray, or not Ray, Jesus, Ahsoka and Sabine seem way too chill to be stranded and be like, yeah, we're fine. I know that they're right where they need to be, hence the intro to this episode. But man, like, if I got dropped off in Wyoming, like, man, I'd be lost. <laughs> and like, we're, but we're talking about a different galaxy. We're talking different, not even a different country. You know what I mean? I'm just like, mm-hmm. I can't take a plane somewhere. It's like, man, we're stuck until those, those space whales come back, as Thrawn would say. I worry that because of how well received, I'm sure the. Uh, Hayden Christensen and cameo in this yeah. episode is going to be 
and the Liam Neeson and Obi-Wan Kenobi that that's I'm not just looking for them to be there. Like I really want to see some <laughs> yeah. lessons and some interactions between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and Anakin and Ahsoka. And I hope that because I don't think we're going to get a Kenobi season two and I'm worried that that Qui-Gon beat at the end of Kenobi is going to leave us unresolved, relatively speaking. And I know that's not going to be the case with Ahsoka because we're definitely getting an Ahsoka season two. But I, I'm a little weary that we keep seeing this and then the Force Ghost shows up at the end and it's cool. Yeah. Not to push your bubble, Luke, but I think your Qui-Gon Jinn is my Zeb. It's just, <laughs> it's meant to be a fun little tag. I will admit defeat now. <laughs> but I, I I do agree, though, because, oh, hey, the upside, we got that ship, so she's got 19 more lessons to, to be to be taught from Force Ghost, uh, and, not Force Ghost, Anakin, but I agree. That's and I think true. I, I said when we saw him, I was like, this is the last time we'll see Hayden Christensen's Christensen as Anakin Skywalker and I instantly regret it now because <laughs> I'm just know. like oh there's no way that's the last time because if we was a season two like you're right I feel like there is mm-hmm. more teaching episode or teaching lessons and should he, can he come back and even help her fight for the force like is that a possible if he's going yeah. against Bale and Skull for the light in the dark and stuff so and especially after I saw that behind the scenes um photos of Hayden Christensen and Rosario Dawson yeah. on set I was really praising the I think I talked about this on the pod actually that the VFX for de-aging Hayden Christensen. He, Anakin looks incredible, but yeah. really, 43-year-old Hayden Christensen looks almost good enough to just be Hayden, I to agree. be Anakin Skywalker. The, yeah. the VFX did not have to do that much. Did you guys know they went to uh, drama school together? Yeah, I did. That's insane. Mm-hmm. They've been friends for like 20 years. Yeah, that's in- I saw I saw a that? picture of them or something from like 2004 or something yeah. like that, and I was like, what was that from? What is that? I think it was before then. Because this is before Attack of the Clones. Oh uh, yes, yeah, probably would have been. Before so like, that. Th- I mean, what yeah, is be paying for it? Talk to get that about after Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> talk about the Force, though. You know, just guiding people in the right direction. They're right mm. where they need to be. Um. All right, I, that's the yeah. whole episode. Highbrow thoughts on the series as a whole, on this episode as a whole. Man. Anything? Where did we get? I think we talked a lot about it. Yeah, I said I wanted to go more bird's eye view, and I think we kind of got into it a little bit ago. But I mean, I'm I did not see this ending necessarily right i did not see shin hadi and Balin skull taking the back seat the entire episode i really liked all the content we got from ezra ezra feels now like when we re- re-watch the show it's gonna feel weird and empty without him now um yeah that's which interesting. is a great place to be because he fits in perfectly right that means it molds like when you rewatch stranger things season one you're like oh it's weird i forgot max isn't in the show because Max is such an in- integral part to that show that, like, it just feels empty without her now. It's it's great still by itself and maybe the best season, but, like, it still feels a little off. And I feel like it's the same way with the first four or five episodes without uh, with Ezra and Thrawn now. But that's really good for the show because in the beginning of the series, we as Rebels fans knew the stakes of Sabine finding Ezra and how desperately she wanted to find him because we know their relationship. But, yeah. like, like I said, when my wife was watching this, she didn't really care that <laughs> as, uh, Sabine wanted to find what, who she thought was her ex-boyfriend, because it was kind of framed that way. Yep. And now that you've seen these episodes of them together, and you're right, it is going to feel empty, but you need that emptiness that we felt as Rebels fans that Absolutely. the whole audience should feel watching the first few episodes. I agree. But honestly, I'm just excited to see what's next. I mean, I can't believe they set it up like this. I mean, Ezra is is back in Star Wars proper with Hera. I'm sure we'll get Zeb in season two. All right, guys, I'm dying 100%. on that hill. 100%. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and we'll get Qui-Gon in season two of Kenobi if it happens, too. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. I don't really, I'm excited to rewatch it. And hopefully in a couple of weeks, we can also come back to it and kind of not do a, you know, kind of see it as from a bird's eye view at watching all the episodes that kind of concurrently. But yeah, I got uh, Maxwell. What do you, what do you got? 
Uh, there was just one line that I don't think we talked about yet, and it was when Ahsoka was asking Sabine if she's been keeping up with her training. I was going to mention that. Yeah. yeah. She said, uh, I try. I do. I do. And obviously, that's because we all know that Jedi do or do not. They do not try. So I like that little that little line a lot. That is good. I also just like the lines, oh, train your mind, train your body, trust the force. I'm like, yeah, that's all you need to do. It's so simple. And yet people <laughs> overlook it left and right. Yeah, that's a great line, too. Uh, did you guys think for a second when Shin Hati made her one and only appearance, tragically, um, and she pulled out that lightsaber, I thought for a second, like, oh my god, she's going to Anakin Skywalker, these not skin right Yes. Well, I, she did <laughs> it so, like, when she did it, she was like, oh, is this going to be like, she's going to ride down now and attack, or <laughs> yeah. she's just been like, follow me? Because they all look at her, like, confused a little bit. They're I like, thought they looked scared, like, yeah. when that one guy starts standing up, like, I would be. He's, yep. They saw, they fought together. He knows yep. what she could do. Yep, exactly. Man, yeah, what a show. What a... I'm very excited for season two. And yeah, I I have a feeling that we'll be seeing announcements about it uh, shortly. Yeah, I agree. I also don't know about you guys, but I am getting really tired. So I don't know. Hopefully our enthusiasm is still (laughs) high. It has been a long day. Um, But man, I'm riding high off of this episode. I'm sure we'll talk about it um, in a couple of weeks. As you all know, also coming up, not to hijack this right now, Luke, but like uh, the next couple of weeks, we have some pre-recorded episodes we're excited about when we're talking about uh, kind of while we were away, because we've been covering Ahsoka for the past seven weeks. We also have some Star Wars deaths ranked, which, by the way, we don't have to add to. Yeah. Unless Morgan would make our top five, but I'm not seeing that for anybody. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I was I was worried about that though when we were recording that. Like, so yeah. I thought we really thought there was going to be a top five deck. In this we thought show. We thought there was. Thank God. Thank God. We could not handle enough. We will. Her. Man, maybe I'll cut this. We won't. Nobody will know. <laughs> we we all knew hindsight. Uh, does anyone have any force for thought to leave us with tonight? I do. If you don't, thank God. I, um, we really should have talked about that before. <laughs> I I had this thought a while ago and I didn't want to get into it, but then it came up again in this episode um, because oh shoot, I forget who either. Enoch or Morgan Elsbeth or maybe the Great Mothers, but someone refers to Thrawn as my lord. And I've been watching Game of Thrones, as you know, if you've been hey. listening to the podcast. And what does lord mean? Who's who's a lord? The I Sith are lords of the Sith, but then the Imperials call Darth Vader my lord. And mm-hmm. it just se- it just seems like and now Thrawn is a lord. It just seems like random groups of people get I to be lords if they want to be. People so, that like are in honorary charge. title. Others people in charge of other people, but also I assumed it was like people that like like I assume like Lord Vader, right? Because he like oh like he has like a place on Mustafar, right? That he's able to. So is it like a land thing? I you think have to it's be a, a lord over a certain. I would land assume or it's a land or property thing, but I also think it's like in command of like an army or a command of a troop or something. Is my guess. I don't know, <laughs> but that's everything in Game of Thrones has led me to believe that, and I never transferred that knowledge to Star <laughs> Wars, but I'm going to assume it could potentially the same. I because they're lords of the Sith and like are they Lord lording? of Light though? I always Lord of the of Light like, is not any property. Lord of the Sith is more of like the religious connotation, not as like the historical like Lord of the Land, more of like a religious like Lord. That's what I thought too. But Sith then if it's Lord. if it's Lord in a religious sort of way and you know it's like force based then why do the imperials all call them my lord because they're not sith well i think it's two and one right i think it's like if you own if you if you if you're in charge of an army in charge of land they look up to you because at the times right you were rewarded these things and you have to be kind of like an upper echelon of people so i think it's like a religious connotation to be like oh that person is so above me that they are a lord so i would i think it's a bit of a combo 
Yeah, I, I was taking a lot here, knowing ze- having zero knowledge and being very tired. So I don't I know. know. <laughs> I googled it when I first had this force for thought, and I think the textbook definition is like a lord is someone that holds power or status over another person. No, which is vague and ill-defined enough that you could say about anyone in Star Wars that's in a position of authority. But they, it just seems to be so random, and it's so frequently Sith and the Sith rule over the Empire and other factions seems odd because it's like religious culty based and they're more government bureaucracy based and the intermixing of that seems fuzzy i don't know i just think that was some interesting force for thought to keep us chewing on until next week that is interesting it carries a very negative connotation to it like i'm trying to think of a good guy in star wars who could be considered a lord well that's the thing i think make you feel icky the lords the right the people that go by that want that want that type they want that power anybody that's would be of good right anybody that would be nice or good or willed would i don't think would request that that, that title especially in star wars where in thrones i think it, it makes more sense because it's like yeah, a the, cultural thing where mm-hmm. i think in star wars it's like they're forcing this weird title on people that's true like imagine if you called yoda my lord he'd be like no no yeah <laughs> don't call me that uh, right. back up or for some reason i went back to return of the jedi han solo was made a general and he led the attack on endor like if the troops were just like lord solo like well i don't like that yeah. no, well, he, lord no, he is would definitely like it. villainy in star <laughs> yeah, wars definitely villainy all right, well, that'll be all for us tonight. So let us know what you think about Ahsoka Episode 8 or the Lord connotation in Star Wars, the real world, or Game of Thrones, for that matter. You can reach us anywhere on social media at Force for Thought. Yeah. Until next time. Yeah. Also, I, I was just going to, I should say, say, say see you, Sammy, but I'll still, t- this is the last episode of Ahsoka, so it's been really fun doing this on Tuesday nights and uh, eating Burger King uh, I will miss. Day. I will miss the Ahsoka. I will miss the Ahsoka as well. <laughs> See you, Sammy.